perhaps I should explain myself. And the 60 seconds of silence that we all just endured together. And some of you were thinking, man, it finally happened. That dude froze. Some of you were thinking, man, this is my first time here. I I don't know what I just got myself into. This is a little crazy. I'm not sure about this. That 60 seconds was the exact opposite of what we expect from someone who is about to speak on stage. The weight of expectation was palpable. Now, for some of us, 60 seconds of silence Man, that's a breath of fresh air. That's great. It's a little bit of rest in the busyness. For most of us, it's time that needs to be filled with laughter, nervously, chuckling, maybe a couple, I don't know, comments from the audience (laughs) over here. You're good, man. You're good. You're in good shape. For some of us, it doesn't really matter what was about to come next. We just wanted the excruciating silence to end. That's all we cared about. We don't care about the next content or what's about to happen. It's just, oh, man, I am done with the weight of that silence and that expectation. Can you imagine if I'd gone 60 seconds longer? We'd have anarchy. Somebody would come up here and say, dude, are you... Are you okay? Like, are you straight? Are you, is this, is this going to be an okay thing? There's an anechoic chamber, that, no echo chamber, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, that is 99.99% soundproof. That means it measures about negative nine decibels. And so when you go in this room, some people who are in there for 15 minutes or longer start to hallucinate because of how incredibly quiet it is. See, what happens is you actually start to hear yourself. And I don't just mean your thoughts and the things that are going through your head. No, I mean like your body functions. You start to hear your heartbeat. You start to hear your stomach gurgle a little bit more. You start to hear your lungs function. And people can't handle it. It's too quiet. It's too crazy to be in there. It's a little like sitting in your house. And all of a sudden the refrigerator stops running. And you realize, oh, man. I didn't realize how loud it actually was until now it's completely silent, and I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. How uncomfortable rest and quiet can be, which is not all that healthy, actually. We're used to have something, we're used to having something fill the void, whether it's the TV running in the background or a fan in the room or maybe some music playing with our headphones on. We like to have something that's going on distracting us from what's going on inside of our heads. It was a big deal. I remember when I got my first ever boombox. You could put big old D batteries in that thing and carry it wherever you wanted to. And then the Walkman came out. That was some of you are like, I don't have a clue what that is. That's all right. They had these things. Um, called tapes, and then you had CDs that you could put in those, and you could carry them around with you. Then, then the iPod comes out, and the iPod Classic, 160 gigs, you could fit 40,000 songs on that thing. Anybody have one of those? How amazing! All right, I like. That's funny. The age range. Uh, never mind. I, I'll, all that's going on in my head, and that's fine. It was amazing to be able to have that going around everywhere. And one of the things that I noticed is that everywhere you look. 
there were people with headphones in, white headphones in, which is an introvert's dream. It's amazing because you could be walking down the street, have your headphones in, and completely not worry at all about social convention or any kind of weight of expectation. It's like, oh, there's a person walking towards me. That's okay. I've got my headphones in. I can ignore them. It's great. It's amazing. But so many times I've found that when I need a break from something, I need to rest or I need a little bit of quiet, what I actually do is exchange one form of stimulation for another. Right now, uh, we are trying to work with our youngest in giving up, let me make sure she's not in here, in giving up her pacifier. As some of you have been through that and, and know that, that's one of the things, like especially at nighttime, that's what she wants, that's what she needs to go to sleep. And one of the things that we're trying to help her understand is that uh, orthodontists are expensive <laughs> and, and that she doesn't need that actually to be able to go to sleep. And yet, isn't it great as adults, we don't have to worry about anything like that. We don't need, actually, hold on, I got to check my phone, make sure I didn't miss anything on Facebook. It's great. We don't have pacifiers. It's cute. I know. <laughs> when was the last time? When was the last time you actually not exchanged, not exchanged one form of stimulation for another, not distracted yourself with TV or a movie or with music or something else going on in your life? When was the last time you actually took a physical or mental or spiritual rest in your life? When was the last time, instead of trying to distract yourself from the thoughts and the events of the day and the things that you've been wrestling with and the things that have been exhausting you, that you actually were able to take a break from that and rest? Because here's the thing, if one of the most uncomfortable places for us is to be with ourselves and to be quiet and to be still. Rest is always going to m remain elusive in our lives. You can take all the vacations, all the naps, all the mental breaks that you want to in the world and still, still feel restless in your soul because of the burdens you have car you're carrying. And all of us, at some point, have brought those burdens in with us. You can tell from the stooped shoulders. You can tell from the tired eyes. You can tell the mood that we're in, and sometimes the last thing that what we believe to be true in this life is that we are actually free to rest. But listen to these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That sounds great. That sounds like something worth taking on, but man, is that really true? Sounds like a great sentiment, but is that something that I've actually experienced? Like, have I actually been able to take the burdens that I'm carrying on my shoulders and with me in the day-to-day -day and lay them down at the foot of the cross, give them over to Jesus, and take on the easy and light burden that he offers to exchange for me? Because that's, that's what he's doing. He's doing the greatest thing he possibly can by saying, you know what, all of the weight that you carry on your shoulders in life, the weight of your own salvation, the weight of your own accomplishments, the weight of your own protection and provision in your life and for the people around you, I'm willing to take that all off of your shoulders to put it on mine and give you something much easier to bear. But is, is that something we actually experience? Is that something we actually feel? 
in our lives? I know for me, it's not very often true where I'm not mentally and emotionally exhausted. And why is that? What is the disconnect between what Jesus has offered and what I experience? Is his burden actually easy and light? I mean, later on in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says to his disciples, hey, to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross. And that's one of the things that, that you're going to do as you live according to what I've called you to in this life. But that doesn't sound easy, and that doesn't sound light. Well, that's actually because that's not really what Jesus says here. So I'm going to give you permission right now, if you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 11, to actually cross out the word easy there and replace it with what Jesus actually says. And what he says is, my burden is appropriate. Now, that's not nearly as glamorous, is it? <laughs> my, my burden is easy. That sounds a lot nicer. That sounds a lot better. But Jesus says my burden is appropriate. Actually, Jesus says my burden is good. And that's what I'm offering you. I'm offering you something completely different to carry, something that's light, something that's quick, something that's agile, something that you can bear through no matter what happens in your life. Whatever ups and downs you experience, whatever things that you're going through that keep distracting you, that you can't get out of your own head, this, this is a good thing that I'm giving you. Something that will produce rest for your souls, a good yoke, and a quick, agile burden. See, Jesus, when he says this, he's not offering rest from life. He's offering rest to life. To experience life as God created it for all of us to be able to experience it. To really live. To not be constantly burdened and weighed down by the things that Jesus has already taken care of on the cross. It's meant to relieve us from the pressure of expectation and protecting ourselves and others and the provision that we constantly seek for and strive for in our own life and recognize that God has our best interests and best life in mind. So it's no coincidence that Matthew, when he writes his gospel about Jesus, that he puts these comments that Jesus makes right before he talks about two interactions that Jesus has with the Pharisees about the Sabbath. See, the Sabbath, if you don't know, this was a holy day for the Israelite nation that started on sundown on Friday and concluded on Saturday uh, at sundown. And this was a day where they did no work whatsoever. And this was so important in their society that if you broke it, you could actually be killed for it. This starts all the way back in Genesis in the creation when God spends six days creating the world, speaking it into, the, in, into existence with a crescendo of humanity coming into being. And the next thing he does after all of this is he takes a break. He rests. Well, man... That's kind of interesting. The creator of the universe, like, did God get tired? Like, what's going on here? Does he really need this rest? It becomes so significant to God for humanity to experience rest in this life that he makes this day of rest one of his Ten Commandments. It's the fourth. In Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to, your Lord, to the Lord your God. On it you shall do not do any work, neither you nor your son nor, or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Simply wanted his people to rest. 
And so one of the things that I want you to understand and take away from this this morning, what Jesus says about rest, is that godly rest, it's not just healthy. It's not just there because, oh, we need some time to recover when we're exhausted physically and that kind of thing. It's not just healthy, it's holy. It's something that he calls us into. And I get, hey, we're not under the old covenant anymore, and so we don't have this ritualistic expectation of sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Man, you better not do anything or else God's going to be mad at you, and it's a little bit different. But even in all seven of the yearly festivals that God established for the Israelites, they had the same Sabbath rest idea of, hey, I'm going to give you this time to not do any work. And to rest in the knowledge that I'm God and I am the one who is providing for you and for your life. And so obviously tomorrow, go into work and request seven weeks off a year because rest is holy to God. Like that's, that's what you should do, obviously, right? But over the course of time, these ten commandments and this fourth commandment that God had given, well, man had taken that and said, well, it can't be just that simple, that God wants us to be able to rest in his presence and worship and giving glory to him because of his provision for our lives. It can't be that simple. And so 10 commandments become 613. So by the time that Jesus is teaching and talking about this rest, he's interacting with religious leaders of the day that have added and piled on so much more expectation for what people are supposed to do in their worship to God. They were asking questions like, is it lawful on the Sabbath to be able to trap a fly under a cup? Those were the things that they were debating. In the meantime, Jesus is looking at the normal, everyday man and woman who is living their lives constantly exhausted by the weight of expectation of how they're supposed to relate to God and how they're supposed to do everything in their life for Him. And their souls were at anything but experiencing quiet and rest. And the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus in this. In fact, this is when they start to want to kill him because as he comes and talks about this rest that God has offered us, it means something so much more and yet something so much more simple than what the people of the day had thought it was meant to experience. In Mark chapter 2, after these interactions with the Pharisees, Jesus says to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, have you ever found yourself living your life in such a way that it is anything you can do, it's all you can do, but just make it finally to the weekend? Or make it finally to the next vacation? Or make it finally to your home at the end of the day to put on Netflix and... I was going to say something else, uh, and, and not do anything. It, like, is that where you find yourself, or have you ever found yourself in that kind of situation? It's like, man, all we're doing is working for the weekend. All we're doing is striving to finally get that next break, and Jesus flips, that on the, script, uh, flips the script on this, and he says, no, this, we weren't created to just exhaust ourselves to get to this point where Okay, God, we've, we've checked off all the boxes. This, this is okay. No, what we're meant to experience in our relationship with God is that finally, every burden that I've carried, every distraction that's been in my mind has been taken care of at the cross by Jesus. You and I are meant to feel free to rest because that rest 
is our salvation, and it is a holy gift from God to be saved and to be restored. See, this is what brings us ultimate rest. And when we don't rest in this truth, when we aren't reminded by that in the midst of the craziness of life, in the midst of all the expectation that we deal with throughout our week, from our family, from our work, from our friends, not only will we be distracted from where our help comes from, we'll miss the blessing and the miracle that God uses to sustain that rest in us. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. When was the last time you took a physical, mental, spiritual rest? What are the works that are exhausting you? What are the things that are burdening you down? Is it the weight of expectation from parents, family, friends, work, your own self-image and self-worth? Is it the weight of expectation that you place on other people? If your soul is restless, if your burdens are weighing you down, this week find space to be quiet, to be still, to allow the Holy Spirit to identify to you and in you what is causing disquiet in your soul. Ask God to show you how, as a Christ follower, He's already removed this burden that is weighing you down. Maybe that sounds too boring. But that's only because we trained ourselves to be distracted and overstimulated to the point of missing God's movement in the stillness and the quiet. See, when we spend rest time and quiet time with God, it's not us who becomes the sound. When we push through that, it is Christ in us who becomes the sound, who becomes the voice, speaking, take on my yoke, because it's good. It's appropriate from this, for this life. My burden is light. It's agile. It's something that you can take with you through anything that you experience. So maybe this week, maybe it's a moment where instead of turning to your phone or turning to your TV or your music to distract you from life, allow the knowledge of God's salvation and restoration draw you into communion with Him. Maybe it's through worship, maybe it's through prayer, maybe it's through reading His Word, or perhaps simply to just be in His presence. And if you don't, if you don't and haven't experienced that rest before, and you're like, I, I don't know that I've ever accepted this yoke and this burden from Jesus, and we'd love, we'd love to talk to you about what that looks like here at Velocity. And so you can mark that on a card, you can grab one of us after the service, and that's great. But, but right now, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to take communion together and to be reminded of what this foundation of rest is, is built upon, I think maybe the most appropriate thing that we could do is take the next 60 seconds without expectation and simply be in the presence of God together.
God, we thank you for the rest that you offer us through the cross. The rest in which we recognize the truth that you have taken away every burden, every sin that has entangled us, every weight that we carry. God, help us to, instead of distracting ourselves from the things we haven't given over to you yet, help us to take these moments of stillness and quiet to recognize how you are there and how you are helping us move through those things in life. God, we ask that you reveal to us what we've been carrying for too long, what is time to, to lay down at the foot of the cross. God, we thank you for the fact that even, even though we don't rest like we should and even though we hold on to things longer than we should, that you've sent Jesus to take care of it all. In Jesus' name, amen.